Yeah, uh, nothing like when you find out that your ear cases, well, like peanut butter in it. Uh, more like PB in case. <laughs> uh, we got a case in our hands, and uh, it's full of uh, brown and orangish, which I have very clean ears. I mean, I'm not the greatest listener, but I have good ears. I guess uh, you say my Samsung Galaxy Buds. Or, uh, they, they get an earful. Um, <laughs> which actually, uh, I, w- I got behind a concrete truck the other day, right? This is a true story. Well, I mean, why would I lie about that? It's a pretty common thing. We've all been behind a cemented truck that says, hey, stay back 200 feet. Because, you know, if this cement falls on your windshield or... For whatever reason, something falls off and it goes th- straight through your dashboard. And, uh, you know, it looks like a final destination death scene. We are not responsible. And uh, got me thinking, oh, so we have a nice little sign that says, stay back 200 feet. We are not responsible if you get hurt. So, if I strap a mattress on top of my vehicle, you know, do like one of those janky jobs with some yarn and some uh, box straps and, you know, get some really tight rope. Uh, ooh, starting to get a little kinky in bed on top of my car. Never gotten kinky on top of my car, no matter what car I've had. I barely even looked up in the stars. Like, I've never had that. Well, I've never really had the type of car that could probably bear that type of weight. Um, where it's like, hey, lovely lady, let's uh, lay on top of my car and look at the stars. Because uh, then there were probably... Uh, dent from her left ass cheek that's like the size of a star um because i don't know if you guys know but stars are actually very big stars are like as big as like states so it's all about your state of mind or uh, the state of that ass on my car but so if i tie like one of those purple beds or shit they're not lightweight but just say a typical standard box spring bed driving it home from mattress plus now, on the way home, I put a little sticker on the back of my car that says, Hey, stay back 50 feet. If this mattress happens to fall off and you run over it, flip over, and then, you know, hit a kid on a bicycle, I'm not responsible because I put this sign that says I'm not responsible. And I guess it's like I appreciate the fact that you will not take accountability for something that you failed to strap and proceed and actually hold down. But at the same time, I I guess it's like, hey, you know, if you go through my phone, I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell you, hey, girl, don't go through my phone. You're going to see some shit you don't want to (laughs) see. Oh, Drake. Um... (laughs) But if I tell you not to go through my phone, and you go through my phone, and you see some shit you don't want to see, it's like, hey, I put a warning sign that says, hey, if I were you, I wouldn't do this. And I'm not responsible for however the result of this happens. So, actually, now I think about it, the sign's not bad. Um, (laughs) But, so if I put this sign on my car, and the mattress falls off, and some crazy event happens... Um, no one can sue me because I put a little sign that says, hey, 
not my fault. It's not my fault that I ruined your, you know, year. It's not my fault that I affected your life because now you're paralyzed from the waist down. It's not my fault because I told you to stay back 50 feet. Now, what if they stay back 65 feet and then it happens? Then it's like, damn, how much of it do I blame? The 15 feet that you did stay, do you just get like extra 15% that I got? Like, hey, I'll cover 15% of your bill. Um, <laughs> a percent for every feet, for every foot. Uh, but yeah, it's just crazy. But I mean, I'm sure those companies have insurance for that shit, you know? Because, like, you can't just put shit on your car and be like, hey, it's kind of a you problem. It's like, actually, it's a us problem because it's a public road and you you cause some issues on a public road. So, yeah, we, 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 we got a problem. We, 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 we. It's crazy, you know, that Miss Officer song by Lil Wayne. I don't know, like, it randomly, like, I heard the song before, of course, but, like, sometimes you re-listen to a song years and years when it comes back in your playlist or you hear it somewhere, and it's like, damn. It's like, man. It's like, this shit, like, this was like an era of music where it was like, with the Bobby Valentino feature, you know, when he wasn't uh, getting uh, pegged by the... Laverne Cox of Orange is the New Black. Um, actually, I had a, I had a friend, well, an ex of mine. It was a while ago. She went to some type of event downtown, of course. And Bobby Valentino was there. Do I think she was fudging the story a little bit? Maybe. Not that Bobby Valentino was there, but I think maybe she may have been fudging a little bit of how like he was trying to get her to come up to the hotel room and stuff. But... Apparently, he tried to make a pass at her, invite her, and say, hey, damn, girl, you fine. It's like, yeah, she's a pretty woman. You know, I, I don't disagree with that part. But she said no. Like, oh, she was flattered because, you know, some famous legend in the game wanted to bring her up. But, you know, apparently he's into some sweet stuff. And uh, she did not want to go down that trail mix of a road. Um, <laughs> I guess uh, she told her them to slow down I just want to get to know you well I guess he did it um <laughs> um but damn we 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 all right but yeah welcome to episode 180 of the often be podcast with Clint Nelson I'm your host Clint Nelson uh don't forget to like follow comment subscribe hit the notification bell but most importantly ladies and gentlemen don't forget to suck some titties and uh, the only reason why my voice is sound a little odd because I'm very distracted by this goddamn dishwasher. Yes, dishes are necessary. Dishwashers are very necessary, but I probably should have waited till the dishwasher was done. But I'm a very impatient guy, and um, I guess I could have pulled the latch and stopped the dishes from being clean. But then I would be eating off, you know, my lap. And um, although I. I don't mind a little something on my lap. Um, mayonnaise, uh, dripping off sandwiches ain't one of them. Um, <laughs> uh, Jesus. Uh, recording this on February 13th. Wow. It's uh, Monday the 13th. Doesn't exactly ring off the bell like Friday the 13th, but hey, day before Valentine's. 
Um, and literally, like, three hours after the Super Bowl. That was probably a more important storyline. What's more important? The day it's, it's funny how they made the Super Bowl on a day where the in-between day, it's like you get a day break where everyone gets a break. Like, ah, this whole day event is made around the Super Bowl. Then you get a day break. Well, most people go to work on Mondays and stuff. But then it's like, oh, yeah, then by the way, in, in case your whole day wasn't occupied the on the Super Bowl, you know, making all the shit, going to do something and all that stuff, it's Valentine's Day. So, going to keep you busy that day, too. And... I just, uh, I enjoyed the Super Bowl. It was really nice. I, I enjoy being around uh, the fam, as the kids say. You know, it's crazy, like, every time you go over, I don't know if you guys have, like, good mothers and stuff, but every time you go over to your mom's house, you know, sometimes you come home with a new microwave, as they say. Um, <laughs> I came home. I was like, yeah, I expect I was going to come home with some food. You know, we always make too much food, wings, chicken, and all this shit sandwiches like all right and then next thing you know hey you want to take like it's like hey you want these towels like sure oh yeah do you want this microwave it's like actually i kind of need a microwave so yeah i'll take the microwave um it's actually the first place i lived in where a microwave wasn't included it's the first anything i've been in where a microwave wasn't included i've stayed at 50 dollar a night hotels that had microwaves but yeah i pay 1200 plus a month and it doesn't come with a fucking microwave like you can't include a microwave i have to you know it's already extra to do all this other shit you can't just have a microwave included but you know what fuck me um but hey you know what sometimes it's a blessing in disguise God damn it, this cat always wants to fucking open the goddamn door when I'm in the middle of something. Well, too bad. You can sit there at the door, look at me, give me those angry eyes like you're a little snake, barracuda. Um, <laughs> oh, kitty, don't play that. Um, but yeah, uh, it's been, I'm a little out of it, I ain't gonna lie, but it's cool. You know, that's what we're here for. As a Florida Georgia Lion would say, I just want to talk you out of it. Oh. So, this is, uh, you know, I've talked about uh, Sam Hunt on the podcast before. You know, when he went through his little snafu with his wife and all that stuff. Because he is literally one of my favorite artists. But the thing about him, like, be not frustrating because, you know, but he doesn't drop music often, like, almost at all. And so he'll randomly drop a song here and there until he takes eight years to drop an album, which is fine. And Nate, so the other night, I literally got off work, turned on my Spotify, and it said, hey, new release from Sam Hunt. And I'm like, oh, shit. And it was a single. I'm like, cool. And you know what the name of the song is? The name of the song is called Walmart, right? No joke. Look it up. And I'm thinking, all right, a country artist, kind of. And the song is called Walmart. Is he going to make some, like, play on words about, I'm going to roll you back, like, the prices at Walmart or some shit? 
It's like, damn, I'm going to cut a deal. Man, you're the type of girl I could go to any section and get in her midsection, like Walmart. Um, <laughs> girl, I wouldn't want you to lay away, but if you want to lay away, I'll give you something to lay away. <laughs> because you're going to pay down the line anyways. Um, <laughs> but like, and you put an emoji smiley face, you know. I don't know. Well, that's not really Walmart's like emoji. It's fun. Walmart was like the original smiley emoji. And then these apps and text messages kind of stole the emoji. But Walmart was the original smile face emoji. Um, but anyways, sorry. And, you know, I've, I can't remember the last time I've seen an employee smile at Walmart. I'm not saying I blame you. But if your whole, like, slogan and logo stuff is supposed to be how happy you are, like... I I can't remember the last time I've seen a Walmart employee just smile or even pretend to smile. <laughs> but anyway, so this song it's called Walmart, and I was like, hmm, this is a little out there. I'm into out there stuff. Let me see what's out there. I play the song, and it's this very somber, like orchestra. Like, oh, this is gonna be some slow shit. It's like, hmm, well now Walmart ties in this, and then during the song. To sum it up, he's basically talking about running into, he's kind of describing a, a young love situation with a girl in his old small town. And describing their last situation of, man, you know, the tears through your eyes telling me, blah, blah, blah. And then the chorus starts, and he says, I ran into your mama at Walmart. And I'm like, oh. Okay. And essentially, uh, the mom was had her daughter slash his old fling's child with her. So basically, the grandmother was having the child at Walmart, strolling her around and stuff. And I was like, man. And, he's, and it turns in, it's like, damn, like... This guy feels kind of sad because, oh, man, like, that should be me. And then it's like, oh, then it turns in, you know, everything happens for a reason. And losing your love ain't the end of the world. I saw your mom at a Walmart. And your little girl. And your little girl. It's like, damn. And I'm not going to lie. The first couple times, I'm like, this shit is corny as hell. This is, like, the worst fucking thing, like, oh, my God. Like, you know, sometimes you hear a song from artists you like, and, like, oh, this is, like, the downfall of the quality of this person's music, like, becoming obsolete or, like, where, honestly, you may start stop listening to these people that you enjoy. Because, like, sometimes, like, people put out songs, and it's, like, it starts becoming a trajectory of kind of, like, where they are in their artistry and stuff. You know, I've noticed with songs like him and songs that with artists I like is that on the first listen or two or three or five or 20, I don't always like feel it, but I give it, I like to listen to it over and over again over a period of time. And then maybe I'll start to like it more. And that's kind of what's happened. I literally replay this shit 15 times a day. 
I was playing it during my workout. It's a weird song to play while you're bench pressing, setting PRs. But <laughs> um, it's like, yeah. I wish I had a little girl at Walmart. Um, <laughs> and then 205, getting up there. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, damn. I'm just like, and now it's like this very addicting song. And what it got me to thinking is, I think I know why it takes artists to forever to like put out a song, like a simple song, or at least most artists. Like, because you'll hear the story, oh, yeah, you know, we started working on this thing like a year ago. We started working on the thing like eight months ago. We wrote it and then we kind of put it together in the past couple months and stuff. It's like, why does it take a couple months once everything's put together? Like, it either sounds good or it doesn't. And I think because sometimes they've probably listened to the song thousands of times to break it down and really nitpick every little part of it. Does it sound good sonically? Does it age well? Is something re-listenable? And I think that's kind of the process of putting out a song that I guess I've never really took for granted or I took for granted or didn't really understand why it takes forever to put out music. Because, like, some could be finished, but the reason why they let it sit there is so they can actually assess it. So they could really actually uh, see if, like, this is a song that six months from now people will still consistently listen to and the song will grow. And I think that's, like, how this song got me. Because, like, it's like the name of a song called Walmart is very off-putting. But Walmart is just the place that it takes place at because Walmart signifies typically like a certain type of class, like lower to middle class people shop there, a certain type of living, a certain type of um, a certain type of environment. Typically, Walmarts are in like Walmarts are typically not in like big city places. They're very like kind of rural areas, more likely than not. So it sets that type of setup of. You know, Walmart's the place for the baby mamas, if we're going to be honest, um, or with a inconsistent fatherhood. We'll just be generous. Um, <laughs> not judging, just, uh, just, uh, I just go to Walmart too, so I guess I'm part of the problem. Uh, I saw Clint at a Walmart. Um, <laughs> uh, if you see me at a Walmart, it's because all the other places are closed, by the way, because, you know, I have standards. Um, and they don't have like a rewards program. Like every grocery store, every store has like a rewards program. Walmart is the only one that doesn't even have like a Walmart rewards program for shopping there. Even Target has rewards, uh, grocery stores, all these places, has, but Walmart and Publix, you know why? Because they're like, for what we offer, you're going to come here and get our shit anyways, whether we roll down the prices or not. So pay up. But anyways, um, but yeah, and I think I kind of understand why it takes forever to put shit out, and I think now I kind of, I kind of like, I I respect the process of making music more than I did before, because like you can write lyrics, you can make instru- instrumentations, you can play instrumentals and put a song together, but I understand like oh. Things just don't come together easily. And even if something comes together so quickly, you got to give it time to really see if it 
actually festers and actually has like staying power because I've, I've written things for my personal projects for things and I'll write something, right? And I'm like, man, you know, I don't know about this. And then, like, I don't work on that thing for months. I'll work on something else. And then I come back to it months later. I'm like, oh, wow, this shit actually, like, sounds like, holy fuck. Like, this really, when you give some time to, like, kind of simmer or let it breathe in your head. You're not in just a one-track mode of boom, boom, boom. It's like you have an outside point of view, but you understand it because you were on the inside before. It's like coming back to an old job that you haven't worked there in four years, but you know what's behind the counter. Um, And, yeah. And, yeah, it was just actually very, uh, I was actually pleasantly surprised. Like, oh. This is a uh, pretty nice stuff, uh, but yeah. Whew! All righty. You tell this is a rough one. Rough, rough. Uh, I think I should become a dog walker. Actually, not. I want to be a cat walker. I want to be. I. Th- I think you know. I don't. I don't. I think being a personal trader for humans is cool, but I would actually want to be a personal trader for cats losing weight because you know there's this cat her name's skitty right now the only thing skitty about her is um she looks like she eats like bags of skittles a day because it literally looks like she has two bowling balls it could be diabetes it could be a tumor i don't know but this cat is like the definition of like Garfield with like no charisma. Like it is just this blob. Like at least Garfield's funny. At least Garfield's like a cat where if you were to see it up in a tree, you'd be like, I feel like this cat's pranking me. Like this cat is this just fat blob. And I don't like the, you know, body shame, but you know, I do find it funny how uh, and it typically comes from cat owners specifically, is that, I should say isolated cat owners, where, like, oh, their whole life is about their cat, and, like, everything in their life is about their cat, and then they're, like, the most judgmental people of, they're like, oh, I'm so anti-body shaming, but then they'll fat shame their cat, they'll fat shame other cats, fat shame dogs, they'll be more harsh if you treat your cat or dog worse than if you treat your son or daughter. Because I think it's because they look at cats and dogs like they can't do nothing for themselves. And then like a little child, it's like, oh, well, that child, uh, that child is undisciplined and all this shit. It's like, all right, you know what? Uh, and but I want to be. I want to be like a personal fitness guru for cats because I feel like people that own cats or dogs or any animal, to be honest, they will pay more to get their animal in shape or get their animal health in check than they would their son or daughter. So it's basically an opportunity to just scam people. And you do like 20% less work. Oh, hey, yeah, we put this cat in this little treadmill, held them together, make them walk for five hours. Like, yeah, they're going to lose weight. Trust me. I'm putting them on a program. 
It sounds almost like actual animal torture, to be honest. Animal, hey, animal services. I'm just throwing theories out there. Maybe you should, uh, you know, feed your animals better quality food out here. Maybe they wouldn't run away. Um, but I honestly feel like someone that would pay someone to help their cat lose weight, there's really not a cap number that they wouldn't pay to make it happen. Like, I'd be like, yeah, you know, give me 2K a month, and uh, I'll make your cat go from 15 pounds to 13 and a half. Imagine if someone would pay you $2,000 to help them lose a pound and a half of their body. Now, granted, a pound and a half off a 15-pound body, that's, like, literally, like, trying to do the math here, like, 8% of their body weight, so it's pretty substantial. It would be like someone who's 200 pounds... Losing 8%, so that's like, they would be in like the 182 range. Like, that's a pretty substantial amount. 18 pounds ain't no joke in a month. So, a pound and a half off an, a cat, it's pretty substantial. So, I wouldn't take that lightly. I would take it serious. But, damn. You know how easy that job would be? And I think it would be pretty good. Because I, I think I have this weird... and. I think what people think cats want, or dogs. Oh, you gotta do this and this, because, like, all cats and dogs are the same, right? But then I have, like, this secret connection with them. Like, I make, like, at first they have this, like, love-hate, like, mm, it's annoying the fuck out of me, but you give them a little tap on the heads and shit. And at first they're kind of like, ugh, because they're a little thrown by because everyone just pets them the fucking same. Oh, do, do the Swiffer Duster method. Oh, do the Lysol wipe method. Oh, you know, scrub under their chin. Oh, scrub their belly. It's like, no, tap. Like, give, them, give them a nice, firm, quick tap on the head. Like it's a penguin. And over time, they love that shit. You know why? Because you stand out. You're something that they've never experienced before. So you know what? They feel alive. They're tired of being treated the same by everyone. They're tired of being treated like they're robots on iRobot. They're tired of being treated like... They're just things that they're like, oh, you're so cute. It's like, no, you know, I let them know like, hey, you know, I'll throw you out on the street in two seconds if you talk to me or purr on my chest so politely. Um, just sleep on me, baby. Um, <laughs> it's like, I wish you would scratch my foot. You know, uh, I, li- I like things getting a little spicy. But, you know, you got to create a tension and a friction for them to actually, like, have a love attachment. I know it actually sounds like I'm building trauma and something. But you know what? What works for you works for me, right? Sometimes you got to build a little toxic trauma between you and your animal for them to actually love you. And for you to actually, for them to actually look at you and be like, this person actually cares about me. Because they don't treat me like everyone else. They don't put me on a pedestal, but they don't treat me like dirt. They treat me well, but then if I treat them, but if I do something wrong, you know, they show me as such. Sometimes people either treat the animals way too well, or they treat them like absolute shit. And the worst part is people that call their animal their child, but then they don't treat them like they would a child when your child does good you reward them and let them know like hey you know what you're doing good stuff where your child fucks up and you know accidentally steals your car and drives it through a neighbor's yard you know what you punish them 
Animals are no different. Right is right, wrong is wrong. If they're just like us, treat them as such. You know, when animals, you know, happen to bite a kid's face off because it wants to fuck with it, you know, Jesse, um, yeah, no harm. We only had to put down Harley because you were a fucking asswipe because you sucked at basketball and you want to play with his nose like he's fucking Air Bud and spike the ball in his face. And then you're surprised when he just bites the living fuck out of you. Yeah, you're damn right. I'm not for animals attacking kids, but sometimes kids got to learn the hard way. If your kid goes to school and starts fucking throwing a basketball at another kid's nose, are you going to be surprised if that kid like punches that kid back in the face or beats the fuck out of him? No. So you know what? I'm not saying it's right. I'm not for kids getting attacked by animals. But, hey, it's a life lesson. And I'm just saying... I think I think people would look at my unorthodox ways of building attachment to animals and be like, oh, you're annoying them. Oh, you're really not. Uh, that's not really how you do with it. And now I'm like, you know what? Then why do they always come back around me? Whether it's a cat on the street, a dog on the side of the road, one that I bring into my house, one that, you know, I go over to another friend's house and I meet their dog and cat. And they always gravitate toward, you know, I walk in there and all cats and dogs are kind of iffy about you. They kind of stay in the corner. They kind of hide behind a box. They kind of hide behind this, kind of roam around and kind of eye, side eye you. But then over time, they start, you know, gliding across your ankle. The next thing you know, they start like kind of purring on your knee. Then they start hopping on your lap. And then next thing you know, you're petting them. And they're like, take me home, baby. And I'm like, hey, you know what? I'll probably, uh probably give you a better life than what's here but you know what i don't feel like paying another pet deposit so you know um <laughs> so but trust me if i i'm not gonna lie if i if i had a home where i didn't have to worry about the pet deposit stuff and i probably would have like four animals not gonna lie to you because it's just been like hey you know what give a home that's the worst thing that could happen you know it's like when you have like 12, like, you know, I want like five kids minimum. Um, well, as many kids as I can afford realistically. But if I, you know, it's like you get to a certain amount of kids. Yeah, some kids are going to start having to share rooms, bunk beds and stuff. You know, what? you'll all have to share a kitty litter. Most of the dogs will just have to kind of lay on the floor by each other and, you know, share. Just have like one of those self-refillable bowls and shit. And, you know, they don't care. They're always, they're just happy. They're just happy they get to just walk around. <laughs> but domestic animals love me. And I, and my unorthodox people critiquing, oh, you're not supposed to do this. Or, oh, you really shouldn't do this. Like, you know what? You can't deny that they always come back. You can't say a girl doesn't like you. And she's always texting you, even when she says, I fucking hate you. I mean, that's the dream. I mean, the fact that you told me that you hate me tells me that you think enough of me to tell me what you feel.
And that that's a great feeling. I would rather be told that I ain't shit to someone than for them to not say it at all. Because that shit is like, damn. You can get in your head about it. An animal, they'll always tell you, ah, you're bothering me. Oh, I love that. Oh, no, feed me. It can be kind of annoying at times, but hey, at least they're transparent. And, you know, all, all, all you want to hear is to be told that we all need reaffirmation. Well, so, you know, and I think we cats and dogs, it's no different. I love you. You love me. You scratch me when I call you my family. Talk about trauma bonding from a pet to me and you. Maybe you can, you know, lick your butthole too. Um, thank God I can't lick my butthole. <laughs> why, why did I say that out loud? Um, <laughs> I guess it's a good thing I'm not that flexible. But, I, you know, if I was that flexible and I felt like I could do it, would I think about doing it? Would I be like, hmm? It'd be like if you can suck your own dick. Oh, Jesus, this pod just took a real turn. Or a curve. <laughs> uh, trouble with a curve. Um, <laughs> it's not anti-Semitic, I promise. Um, <laughs> but it's like the whole thing. Like, What's harder, a dude sucking his own dick or a girl eating her own vagina? I mean, obviously, logistically, you would think a girl eating her own vagina, right? But... Or we'll just say licking your licking your clit, right? Huh. Just take the N out of my name. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but like the dick part, like yes, men are not as flexible typically as women. But you know, if you got a nice ratio of bendability and dickability, it's possible. It's pretty realistic. Now, if you suck your own dick, you're probably a little sus at best. I think you automatically at least have to claim as bisexual. Nothing wrong with that. Not judging. But, you know, a dick has been in your mouth. So, um, that's self-love to the maximum. And, and, hey, if you ejaculate in your mouth, yeah, look, it's a done deal. Um, but, now, now, obviously for a woman, it would be harder. But at the same time, women's bodies are typically, the women are typically shorter. And the angle of the degree like their body's like a protractor it's this amazing thing god made women's bodies like these protractor where they can just sumo their head down to like 10 degrees and you know i think more women i honestly think more women could probably lick their own clit than men can suck their own dick i don't know how you do that study i don't know harvard i don't know MBA University. I don't know Oxford. I don't know how you do that study because some people got the written main anonymous, and that'd be kind of awkward. Like, all right, so here's what we need you to do as you're in a stall with them. I need to see if you can uh, toppy top your moppy mop. Um, because then it's like, ah, you know, my bloated. Oh, dehydrated enough? Like, oh. Uh, Die stretch good enough. You know, there's so many things that can factor in it being a success or not a success, depending on what your idea of success if you're part of that study. Um, I guess it's just an interesting thing. 
I don't know. Would I want to be able to suck my own dick? No. I wouldn't. Um, even if I were to ever get that flexible? No. It's just uh, not my thing. Sometimes some things are better left to the imagination. This whole like, oh, you know, don't you want to find out? Don't you want to find out what your body's fully capable of? It's like, meh. Not all of it. You know? It's like, I don't want to find out if I have sciatica problems or a bad neck. Give me that Becky. Um, well, if a guy, well, give me that Becky. But if you give yourself neck, it's almost like, I don't even know what's like a cell version of Becky. It's like, give me that, give me that checky. Give me that necky. Give me that sexy. More like secky. <laughs> because you're, because you know. Adam's apple. Um, <laughs> give me that Adam. <laughs> uh, Jesus. Um, but yeah. It's just funny how I'm saying that on the eve <laughs> of Valentine's. Um, but yeah. This episode sucks. But I don't care. I'm already this far into it. Sweet as apple pie. Um, I don't know. But anyways, yeah. Is it more sus for you as a dude? What what would be more weird to a woman, right? Would it be more weird if a guy sucked his own dick or if he ate his own ass? Even though an ass would take more stretch and flexibility. And if a girl sees that guy's like that flexible, she's like, ooh, he could probably do some things to me. But then you, you know, she sees you eat your ass. You might be like, Ooh, yeah, my uh, kind of, kind of dried the monsoon over here. Um, <laughs> it just, uh, I just wonder what would turn a woman off more. I mean, both would turn most straight women off. But you know, we're in a very open society. We're in a very open-minded, like, you know what? It's all about, you know, being your best self. It's all about discovering who you are. And sometimes you got to do a lot of things to know what you really like. And I believe that's an excuse to just actually do things that you want to do and you like, but you use the fact that you don't know if you like it to see if you like it when you know deep down that you like it. Like, I think if you like dick up your ass, I don't think you need to actually put a dick up your ass to confirm or deny it. And this is a guy or a girl, to be honest. Like, some things don't need to be found out. Like, if you're a straight dude, and you're like, I'm not gay, but the only way I know is if there's a dick in my ass. It's like, actually, no, you, you don't. You know how you know you're not gay? You don't have the idea of putting a dick in your ass. So, you know, keep your hole in one. Um, <laughs> uh, keep. I do want to go to Top Golf. Apparently, my brother has a membership. Fourteen hundred bucks for six months. Not a bad deal if you're going often, because it's like seventy bucks an hour. So, essentially, if you go twice a month. If you go for two hours, 
essentially, if you were to go for five hours a month, you would get your money's worth. So that's a pretty good deal, actually, if you're going enough. Um, but yeah. Why do I feel like Top Golf is like a hot spot for like gaypeoplemeet.com or like Grinder? No, there's anything wrong with that. Ah, this conversation is turning really gay, and I don't mean that in negative ways. Like, actually, it's a lot of questionable gay conversation stuff happening here. I'm starting to question my sexuality. Not really. Um, but <laughs> I'm a fool. I'm a fucking fool. Oh, Jesus. This is how you know I'm not really in it today. Whew. All right. But yeah. Uh. I'll drive her to the hole. All right. <laughs> now I'm just making golf puns. Uh, but yeah. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Jesus would not look fun on this podcast episode. I can tell you that much. Um, but, you know, uh. If I was an Eminem, I think I would be, I think I'd be the yellow Eminem. And the reason why that just came to my mind, to be honest, because I think yellow is like a very brightful, right? Yellow is very brightful. And I know Skittles, technically the different colors you taste different, but Eminem's, all the Eminem's in a pack are going to taste the same regardless of the color, at least it's supposed to, right? But, so I guess it's not, it doesn't, M&M's are really, M&M's are really shallow candy. Because it really does not matter what's on the inside. Because everyone on the inside is the same. Everyone on the inside of an M&M is the same. But, Skittles is actually more about, you know, getting to know someone. It's actually about... Loving how something tastes, loving everything that comes with it. So many different, the outside and the inside, it's like something new. Where Eminem is just like, it's like the movie Pleasantville. It's like everyone is the same. I don't care about your interests. I don't care about what you feel. I don't care about what actually makes you you. All I know is... On the outside, sure, you have like a bigger nose. On the outside, oh, you have some slick hair. But on the inside, you're just like every other one. You ain't shit. Um, I can't say the following, but as in most of Summer Walker songs, it'd be, it'd be like, you ain't shit. Um, so basically, if you're Eminem, if you like Eminems, I'm pretty sure there's a study out there that people that like Eminems are actually shallow creatures. People that like Skittles actually are very thoughtful and actually like compassion and empathetic and actually like want to understand someone on a deeper level so that's why i prefer m&ms because i don't want to think about all that so yeah and apparently i forgot to delete some on my camera so it says i have three minutes anyway so i guess i'll just wrap it up here and i probably should have wrapped it up 43 minutes ago um but yeah that was episode 180 of the Off and Beat Podcast with Clint Nelson. 
Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell on all apps. And by the way, I got 800 downloads the past couple days. So, you know, the pod is starting back up and it's starting to get a little traction because I guess uh, the attraction has been uh, building. <laughs> all right, Clint. Uh, but yeah, most important, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to suck some titties. And uh, yeah. And this cat is really getting annoyed at me. Can't even look at me. There's a lot of things that can't look at me straight nowadays. Oh well. But hey. I got you by my side. Alright. Have a great day. Whatever day this is recorded. Or posted. Because it's being recorded. But whatever day is posted.